Chapter Five of At the Foot of the Rainbow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. At the Foot of the Rainbow by Jean Stratton Porter. Chapter Five. When the Rainbow Set Its Arch in the Sky. Where did Jimmy go? Asked Mary. Jimmy had been up in time to feed the chickens and carry in the milk, but he disappeared shortly after breakfast. Danny almost blushed as he answered. He went to take a peep at the river. It's going down fast. When it gets into its regular channel, spawning will be over and the fish will come back to their old places. We figure that the black bass will be home today. When you go digging for bait, said Mary, I wonder if the two of you could make it convenient to spade an onion bed. If I had it spaded, I could stick the sets myself. Now that am a fair, Mary said Danny. We never went fishing till the garden was made, and the crops at least wouldn't suffer. We'll make the beds, of course, just as soon as they can be spaded, and plant the seed, too. I want to plant the seeds myself, said Mary. And we didn't want you should, replied Danny. All we want you to do is to boss. But I'm going to do the planting myself. Mary was emphatic. It will be good for me to be in the sunshine, and I do enjoy working in the dirt, so that for a little while I'm happy. If you want to put the onions in the highest place, I should think I could spade and bed now, and enough for lettuce and radishes. Danny went after a spade, and Mary Malone laughed softly as she saw that he also carried an old tin can. He tested the earth in several places, and then called to her, All right, Mary, ground in prime shape. Turns up dry and mellow. We will have the garden started in no time. He had spaded but a minute when Mary saw him run past the window, leap the fence, and go hurrying down the path to the river. She went to the door. At the head of the lane stood Jimmy, waving his hat, and the fresh morning air carried his cry clearly. Gee, Danny, come hear him splash! Just why that cry, in the sight of Danny McNown racing toward the river, his spade lying on the upturned earth of her scarcely begun onion bed, should have made her angry, it would be hard to explain. He had no tackle or bait, and reason easily could have told her that he would return shortly, and finish anything she wanted done. But when was a lonely, disappointed woman ever reasonable? she set the dishwater on the stove wiped her hands on her apron and walking to the garden picked up the spade and began turning great pieces of earth she had never done rough farm work such as all women about her did she had little exercise during the long cold winter and the first half dozen spadefuls tired her until the tears of self-pity rolled i wish there was a turtle as big as a wash-tub in the river she sobbed and i wish it would eat that old black bass to the last scale and i'm going to take the shotgun and go over to the embankment and poke it into the tunnel and blow the old kingfisher through into the cornfield then maybe danny won't go off too and leave me i want this onion bed spaded right away so i do drop that idget what you doin yelled jimmy mary you goose panted danny as he came hurrying across the yard what do you mean you knew i'd be back in a minute jimmy just called me to hear the bass splash i was coming back mary this am na fair Danny took the spade from her hand, and Mary fled sobbing to the house. "'What's the row?' demanded Jimmy of the suffering Danny. "'I'd just started spading this onion bed,' explained Danny. "'Of course she thought we were going to stay all day.' "'With no poles, and no bait, and no grub?' "'She didn't think any such a dumb thing,' said Jimmy. "'You don't know women. She just got to the place where it's her time to spill brine and raise a rumpus about something, and Aisy Brathen would start her. Just let her ball it out, and then we'll get something decent for dinner.' Danny turned a spadeful of earth and broke it open, and Jimmy squatted by the can and began picking out the angleworms. "'I see where we didn't fish much this summer,' said Danny, as he waited, "'and where we fish close to home when we do, and where all the work is done before we go.' 
ah borrow me rose-colored specks cried jimmy i don't see anything but what i've always seen i'll come and go as i please and mary can do the same i don't throw no jiminy fit every time a woman acts the fool a little and if you've lived with one fifteen years you wouldn't either of course we'll make the garden wish to goodness it was a beer garden what i wouldn't like to plant a lot of hop seeds and see rosy little green beer bottles humping up the dirt oh my what all does she want done danny turned another spadeful of earth and studied the premises while jimmy gathered the worms palin's all on the fence asked danny yep said jimmy well the yard is to be raked yep the flower bed spaded yep stones around the peonies flocks and hollyhocks raised and manure worked in all the trees must be pruned the bushes and vines trimmed and the gooseberries currants and raspberries thinned the strawberry bed must be fixed up and the rhubarb and asparagus spaded around and manured this whole garden must be made and the road swept and the gate sandpapered and the barn whitewashed return to grazing nebuchadnezzar said jimmy we do what's reasonable and then we go fishing see three beds spaded squared and ready for seeding lay in the warm spring sunshine before noon jimmy raked the yard and danny trimmed the gooseberries then he wheeled a barrel of swamp loam for a flower bed by the cabin wall and listened intently between each shovelful he threw he could not hear a sound what was more he could not bear it he went to jimmy say jimmy he said didn't you have to go in for a drink house or town inquired jimmy sweetly the house exploded danny i didn't hear a sound yet you go in for a drink and tell mary i want to know where she'd like the new flower bed she's been talking about jimmy leaned the rake against the tree and started and jimmy said danny if she's quit crying ask her what was the matter i want to know jimmy vanished presently he passed danny where he worked come on whispered jimmy the bewildered danny followed jimmy passed the woodpile and pig pen and slunk around behind the barn where he leaned against the logs and held his sides danny stared at him she says wheezed jimmy that she guesses she wanted to go and hear the bass splash too danny's mouth fell open and then closed with a snap us for the fool killer he said you didn't let her see you laugh let her see me laugh cried jimmy let her see me laugh i told her she wasn't to go for a few days yet because we were sawing the kingfisher stump into a rustic sate for her and we were going to carry her out to it and she was to sit there and sew and umpire the fishin' in whichever bait she told the bass to take that one of us would be gettin' it and she was pleased as anything me lad now it's up to us to rig up some sort of dacent sate and tag a woman along half the time you thick-tongued descendant of a bagpipe baboon what did you send me in there for maybe a little of it will tire her groaned danny it will if she undertakes to follow me jimmy said i know where horseweeds grow giraffe high then they went back to work and presently many savory odors began to steal from the cabin whereat jimmy looked at danny and winked and i told you so wink a garden grows fast under the hands of two strong men really working and by the time the first slice of sugar-cured ham from the smoke-house for that season struck the sizzle and skillet and mary very meekly called from the back door to know if one of them wanted to dig a little horseradish the garden was almost ready for planting then they went into the cabin and ate fragrant thick slices of juicy fried ham seasoned with horseradish fried eggs freckled with the ham fat in which they were cooked fluffy mashed potatoes with a little well of melted butter in the centre of the mound overflowing the sides raisin pie soda biscuit and their own maple syrup oh mo said jimmy i don't know as i hanker for city life so much as i sometimes think i do what do you suppose the adulterated stuff we read about in papers tastes like 
i've often wondered answered danny look at some of the hogs and cattle that we see shipped from here to city markets the folks that sell them would starve before they'd eat a bit of them and yet somebody eats them and what do you suppose maple syrup made from hickory bark and brown sugar tastes like and cold storage eggs and cottonseed butter and even horseradish half turnip added mary bait up the cream a little before you put it in your coffee or it will be in lumps when the cattle are on clover it raises so thick jimmy speared a piece of salt rising bread crust soaked in ham gravy made with cream and said i wish i could bring that third man home with me to one meal of the real thing next time he strikes town i believe he would enjoy it may i mary mary's face flushed slightly depends on when he comes she said of course if i am cleaning house or busy with something i can't put off sure cried jimmy i'd ask you before i brought him because i'd want him to have something special some of this ham and horseradish and maple syrup to begin with and then your fried spring chicken and your stewed squirrel is a drain mary nobody ever makes turtle soup half so rich as yours and your green peas and cream and asparagus on toast is a revelation don't you remember twas father michael that said that i ought to be able to find mushrooms in a few weeks and i can taste your rhubarb pie over from last year gee but i wish he'd come in strawberrying berries from the vines butter in the crust cream you have to bait to make it smooth talk about shortcake what's wrong with cherry cobbler asked danny or blackberry pie or greens cooked with bacon or chicken pie or catfish rolled in cornmeal and fried in ham fat or guineas stewed in cream with hard-boiled eggs in the gravy oh stop cried the delighted mary it makes me dead tired thinking how i'll ever be cooking all you want sure have him come and both of you can pick out the things you like the best and i'll fix them for him pure fresh stuff might be a trait to a city man when dolan took sister katie to new york with him his boss sent them to a five dollar a day house and they thought they was some up by the third day poor katie was crying for a square meal she couldn't touch the butter the eggs made her sick and the cold storage meat and chicken never got nearer her stomach than her nose so she just ate fish because they were fresh and she ate and she ate till if you mention new york to poor katie she turns pale and tastes fish she vows and declares that she feeds her chickens and hogs better food twice a day than the people fed her in new york i'll bet my new milk pail the grub we eat every day would be a treat that would raise him said jimmy provided his taste ain't so depraved with saltpetre and chalk he don't know fresh pure food when he tastes it i understand some of the victims really don't your new milk pail questioned mary that's what said jimmy the next time i go to town i'm going to get you two but i only need one protested mary instead of two get me a new dishpan mine leaks and smears the stove and table by gorry sighed jimmy there goes me tongue lettin me in for it again i'll look over the skins and if any of them are ripe i'll get you a milk pail and a dishpan the next time i go into town and by gee if that dandy big coon hide i got last fall looks good i'm going to comb it up and work the skin fine and send it over to the thread man with me compliments i don't feel right about him yet wonder what his name really is and where he lives and whether i killed him complete and dry goods man in town can tell you said danny ask the clerk in the hotel suggested mary you've said it cried jimmy that's the stuff and i can find out when he'll be here again two hours more they faithfully worked on the garden and then jimmy began to grow restless ah go on cried mary you have done all that is needed just now and more too there won't any fish bite to-day but you can have the pleasure of stringing them poor suffering worms on a hook and soaking them in the river suffering worms suffering job cried jimmy what's next go on danny get your pole danny went as he came back jimmy was sprinkling a thin layer of earth over the bait in the can why not come along mary he suggested 
i'm not done planting my seed she said i'll be tired when i am and i thought the place wasn't fixed for me yet we can't fix that till a little later said jimmy we can't tell where it's going to be grassy and shady yet and the wood is too wet to fix a seat any kind of seat will do said mary i guess you better not try to make one out of the kingfisher stump if you take it out it may change the pool and drive away the bass sure cried jimmy what a head you've got we'll have to find some other stump for a sate i don't want to go until it gets dry underfoot and warmer said mary you boys go on i'll tell you when i'm ready to go there said jimmy when well on the way to the river what did i tell you won't go if she has the chance just wants to be asked i didn't pretend to know women said danny gravely but whatever mary does is all wrecked with me so i've observed remarked jimmy now how will we get at this fishing to be perfectly fair tell you what i think said danny i think we ought to pick out the twa best places about the black bass pool and you take and fray yours and i'll take the other for mine and then we'll each fish from his own place nothing fair about that answered jimmy you might just happen to strike the bed where he lays most and be getting bites all the time and mean none or i might strike it and you be left out and then there's days when the wind has to do and the light we ought to change places every hour there's nothing fair in that either broke in danny i might have told up to my place and just be feeding him my bait and here you'd come along and prove by your watch that my time was up and take him when i had him all ready to bite that's so for you hurried in jimmy i'd be hanged if i'd leave a place by the watch when i had a strike me either said danny tis past human nature to ask it i'll tell you what we'll do we'll go to work and rig up a sort of bridge where it's so narrow and shallow just above kingfisher shoals and then we'll toss up for sides then each will keep to his side with a decent pole either of us can throw across the pool and both of us can fish as we please then each fellow can pick his bait and cast or fish deep as he thinks best what do you say to that i don't see how anything could be fairer than that said jimmy but i don't want to fish for anything but the bass i'm going back and get our rubber boots and you'll be rolling logs and we'll build that crossing right now all right said danny so they laid aside their poles and tackle and danny rolled logs and gathered material for the bridge while jimmy went back after their boots then both of them entered the water and began clearing away drift and laying the foundations as the first log of the crossing lifted above the water danny paused how about the kingfisher he asked when did this scare him away not if he ain't a dumb fool said jimmy and if he is let him go seems like the river would no be just ricked without him said danny breaking off a spice limb and nibbling the fragrant buds let's only use what we bear need to get across and where will we fix for mary oh get out said jimmy i ain't gonna fool with that well we best fix a place then we can tell her we fixed it and it's all ready sure cried jimmy you are catching it from your neighbor tell her a place is all fixed and waiting and you couldn't a drag her here with a team of oxen tell her you are gonna fix it soon and she'll come to see if you've done it if she has to be carried on a stretcher so they selected a spot that they thought would be all right for mary and not close enough to disturb the bass and the kingfisher rolled out two logs and fished a board that had been carried by a fresh shit from the water and laid it across them and decided that would have to serve until they could do better then they sat astride the board danny drew out a coin and they tossed it to see which was heads and tails danny won heads then they tossed to see which bank was heads or tails and the right which was on rainbow side came to heads so jimmy was to use the bridge then they went home and began the night work the first thing jimmy espied was the barrel containing the milk pail he fished out the pail and while danny fed the stock shoveled manure and milked jimmy pounded out the dents closed the bullet holes emptied the bait into it half filled it with mellow earth and went to mary for some cornmeal to sprinkle on top to feed the worms at four o'clock the next morning danny was up feeding milking scraping plows and setting bolts 
after breakfast they piled their implements on a mud boat which danny drove while jimmy rode one of his team and led the other and opened the gates they began on danny's field because it was closest and for the next two weeks unless it were too rainy to work they plowed harrowed lined off and planted the seed the blackbirds followed along the furrows picking up grubs the crows cawed from high tree tops the bluebirds twittered about hollow stumps and fence rails the wood thrushes sang out their souls in the thickets across the river and the king cardinal of rainbow bottom whistled to split his throat from the giant sycamore tender greens were showing along the river and in the fields and the purple of red bud mingled with the white of wild plum all along the wabash the sunny side of the hill that sloped down to rainbow bottom was a mass of spring beauties anemones and violets thread-like ramps rose rank to the scent among them and round ginger leaves were thrusting their folded heads through the mould the kingfisher was cleaning his house and fishing from his favorite stump in the river while near him at the fall of every luckless worm that missed its hold on a blossomed whitened thorn tree came the splash of the great black bass every morning the bass took a trip around horseshoe bend food hunting and the small fry raced for life before his big shear-like jaws during the heat of noon he lay in the deep pool below the stump and rested but when evening came he set out in search of supper and frequently he felt so good that he leaped clear of the water and fell back in with a splash that threw shining spray about him or lashed out with his tail and sent widening circles of waves rolling from his lurking place then the kingfisher rattled with all his might and flew for the tunnel in the embankment some of these days the air was still the earth warmed in the golden sunshine and murmured a low song of sleepy content some days the wind raised whirling dead leaves before it and covering the earth with drifts of plum cherry and apple bloom like late falling snow then great black clouds came sweeping across the sky and massed above rainbow bottom the lightning flashed as if the heavens were being cracked open and the rolling thunder sent terror to the hearts of man and beast when the birds flew for shelter danny and jimmy unhitched their horses and raced for the stables to escape the storm and to be with mary whom electricity made nervous they would sit on the little front porch and watch the greedy earth drink the downpour they could almost see the grass and flowers grow when the clouds scattered the thunder grew fainter and the sun shone again between light sprinkles of rain then a great glittering rainbow set its arch in the sky and it planted one of its feet in horseshoe bend and the other so far away they could not even guess where if it rained lightly in a little while danny and jimmy could go back to their work afield if the downpour was heavy and made ploughing impossible they pulled weeds and hoed in the garden danny discoursed on the wholesome freshness of the earth and jimmy ever waited a chance to twist his words and ring in a laugh on him he usually found it sometimes after a rain they took their bait cans and rods and went down to the river to fish if one could not go the other religiously refrained from casting bait into the pool where the black bass lay once when they were fishing together the bass rose to a white moth skittered over the surface by danny late in the evening and twice jimmy had strikes which he averred had taken the arm almost off him but neither really had the bass on his hook they kept to their own land and fished when they pleased for game laws and wardens were unknown to them truth to tell neither of them really hoped to get the bass before fall the water was too high in the spring minnows were plentiful and as jimmy said it seemed as if the dom plum tree just rained caterpillars so they bided their time and the signs prohibiting trespass on all sides of their land were many and emphatic and mary had instructions to ring the dinner bell if she caught sight of any strangers the days grew longer and the sun was insistent untold miles they trudged back and forth across their land guiding their horses jerked about with plows their feet weighted with the damp clinging earth and their clothing pasted to their wet bodies jimmy was growing restless never in all his life had he worked so faithfully as that spring and never had his visits to casey's so told on him no matter where they started or how hard they worked, Danny was across the middle of the field and helping Jimmy before the finish. 
it was always danny who plowed on while jimmy rode to town for the missing bolt or buckle and he generally rolled from his horse into a fence corner and slept the remainder of the day on his return the work and heat were beginning to tire him and his trips to casey's had been much less frequent than he desired he grew to feel that between them danny and mary were driving him and a desire to balk at a slight cause gathered in his breast he deliberately tied his team in a fence corner lay down and fell asleep the clanging of the supper bell aroused him he opened his eyes and as he rose found that danny had been to the barn and had brought a horse blanket to cover him well as he knew anything jimmy knew that he had no business sleeping in fence corners so early in the season with candor he would have admitted to himself that a part of his brittle temper came from aching bones and rheumatic twinges some way the sight of danny swinging across the field looking as fresh as in the early morning and the fact that he had carried a blanket to cover him and the further fact that he was wild for drink and could think of no excuse on earth for going to town brought him to a fighting crisis danny turned his horses at jimmy's feet come on jimmy supper bell is rung he cried we mustn't keep mary waiting she wants us to help her plant the sweet potatoes to nicked jimmy rose and his joints almost creaked the pain angered him he leaned forward and glared at danny is there one minute of the day when you ain't thinking about my wife he demanded oh so slowly and so ugly danny met his hateful gaze squarely not a minute he answered excepting when i am thinking about you the hell you say exploded the astonished jimmy danny stepped out of the furrow and came closer see here jimmy malone he said you ain't forgot the nicked when i told you i loved mary with all of my heart and that i'd never love another woman i sent you to tell her for me and to ask if i might come to her and you brought me her answer it's not your fault she preferred you everybody did but it is your fault that i've stayed on here i tried to go and you wouldn't a let me so for fifteen years you have lain with the woman i love and i've lain alone a few rods of you if that ain't man hell try some other on me and see if it will touch me i sent you to tell her that i loved her have i ever sent you to tell her that i've quit i should think you'd know by this time that i'm not a quitter love her why i love her till i can see her standin' plain before me when i know she's a mile away love her why i can smell her any place i am sweeter than any flower i ever held to my face love her till the day i dee i love her but it ain't any fault of yours and if you've come to the place where i worry you that's the place where i go as i wanted to on the same day you brought mary to rainbow bottom jimmy's gray jaws fell open jimmy's sullen eyes cleared he caught danny by the arm for the love of heaven what did i say danny he panted i must have been half asleep go you go you leave rainbow bottom then by god i go too i won't stay here without you not a day if i had to take my choice between you i'd give up mary before i'd give up the best friend i ever had go i guess not unless i go with you she can go to jimmy jimmy cautioned danny i mean every dumb word of it said jimmy i think more of you than i ever did of any woman Danny drew a deep breath. Then why, in the name of God, did you say that thing to me? I have not betrayed your trust in me, not ever, Jimmy, and you know it. What's the matter with you? Jimmy heaved a deep sigh and rubbed his hands across his hot, angry face. Oh, I'm just so dumb sore, he said. Some days I get about wild. Things haven't come out like I thought they would. Jimmy, if you're in trouble, why do you not tell me? Can I help you? Haven't I always helped you if I could? yes you have said jimmy always been a thousand times too good to me but you can't help here i'm up again it alone but put this in your pipe and smoke it good and brown if you go i go i don't stay here without you then it's up to you not to make it impossible for me to stay said danny after this i'll try to be careful i've had no guard on my lips i've said whatever came into my head 
the supper bell clanged sharply a second time that means more heaven on the wabash said jimmy wish i had a bracer before i face it how long has it been jimmy asked danny eternity replied jimmy briefly danny stood thinking and then light broke jimmy was always short of money in the summer when trappin' was over and before any crops were ready he was usually out of funds danny hesitated then he said would a small loan be what you need jimmy jimmy's eyes gleamed it would put new life into me he cried forgive me danny i am almost crazy danny handed over a coin and after supper jimmy went to town then danny saw his mistake he had purchased peace for himself but what about mary End of chapter 5